today I'm, I'm going to share with you about experiencing grace. And I'm feeling a bit warm this morning because I feel the anointing in the house. I'm sorry I left my coat because it couldn't contain the, uh, the anointing. Hallelujah. So I've freed myself from the coat. Amen. 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 It's not to disrespect you. It's there. If you're doubting, the coat is there. Uh, but just, I couldn't hold it anymore. Amen. 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 So I really want to speak to you about experiencing God's grace. But before I do that, I thought I would share my testimony. The man that you see in front of you has seen the grace of God. I was born in a village. I went to school barefooted. This is reality. I'm not talking about some theory. This is me that you're looking at. I, 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 I would be looking after cows and goats, maybe in the forest somewhere, if it was not for the grace of God. I've seen his grace lift me from that deep village in Uganda to travel nations and work in nations. That can only be the grace of God. It can't be the working of men. My father did not do what he needed to do for me to be where I am. My father actually died when I was still in university. It was the grace of God that lifted me. And he continues to do that. He has not stopped. Even when, when enemies come towards me, the Lord fights for me. Friends, I can tell you with certainty that I've seen the grace of God. Sometimes I cannot even comprehend and, and figure out how I actually get out of these things. But the grace of God. If it was not for his grace, I would not be standing before you. His grace is sufficient for you. Hallelujah. And I'm sure most of us can testify to that. And I'll give you time to testify to that. You have seen the grace of God. COVID came and passed. We're here. We're here. Hallelujah. Because of the grace of God. So like I normally do, I'll paint for you the picture of what we're going to do. I'm going to talk. The grace is a big topic. I'm going to talk briefly about the grace of God and then I will help you how to activate it in your life. How can you activate this grace that seems to be so abundant but somehow we are frustrated because we don't access it. I really want by the time you leave this place to leave this place confident that you can access the grace of God in your life. If we do that I would have achieved my purpose. Hallelujah. I believe that's what the Lord wants to do. Indeed, like I told you, I'm a living testimony of God's grace. I've been greatly helped by grace. And I, we could spend the whole service just sharing testimony after testimony after testimony. The first job I got, I was a manager. Before even I finished varsity, I was called. And then the guy just, I mean, it was a... a, a I don't know whether Buddhist or... He was literally prophesying. This was an unbeliever. An Indian guy saying, I see a great future in you. This was before I graduated. I was still in school. I got my first job and I was a manager straight, head of department. That does not happen by mistake. And I will show you later how I actually activated that by faith. Hallelujah. I've seen God's grace from one place every step of my life. And I'm sure you can also see God's grace. Amen. Amen. God helps men in three ways. I want you to note this. By his mercy, that's number one. By, his, by the ministry of men. When God wants to lift a man, he uses men. And that's why we, when we tell you about Connect Group, it's not just for the advertisement of it. 
your miracle is sitting in those small groups. You're not going to get your miracle by sitting in your room watching TV or watching me on TV. You need to be involved with men. Because God only uses men to lift up men. I have been lifted because I have men who are fully connected to myself. I've connected myself to men. Hallelujah. Do not take those small groups for granted. Do not take the men that God brings to your life for granted. It's those same men that God will use to lift you up. I'm telling you, I'm telling you from experience. I have been lifted because men grabbed me and held on to me. Even in my career, God connected me to men and they have lifted and raised me up. Hallelujah. So please, please, please do not give up the habit of meeting together. And connect. You can't be a silo ninja sitting somewhere in the room and thinking that I'll just show up like Superman and things will happen. There are, there are things that you'll not be able to do by yourself. It's by design. God has created us in such a way that we need men to fill the other puzzles. There are many puzzles in our lives. The only way that those puzzles can be complete is when we have those men in our lives. I'm taking time to emphasize this point because it's important that you connect yourself with men. Hallelujah. Don't despise the men and women around you. When I talk men, I mean both men and women. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The third way that God lifts us or helps us is by his Holy Spirit. Remember Jesus said, I'll leave, but after I leave, I'll send to you a helper. There's no way you can actually succeed without the help of the Holy Spirit. So have you gotten those three, three things? It's God's mercy or his grace. Because the Bible says, I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy. Hallelujah. You've gotten those three things. They are very, very key to what we're going to talk about. Hallelujah. The promised helper, the leverage. The Holy Spirit has not come to replace you. He comes to give you support. Because sometimes we kind of leave it and say, oh, no, the Holy Spirit will do it. No, the Holy Spirit comes as a helpmate. He comes alongside you to be able to do what you need to do. Hallelujah. And I will, when we talk later, I'll show you what you need to do to activate this. Uh, the first scripture I'll read is 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5. It says, not that we are sufficiently qualified in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. But our sufficiency and qualifications comes from God. Men are only great to the degree in which they have received help. So when you see a great man, when you see President, when you see Manuel, just know that he's been helped. When you see Pastor Ryan, Pastor Ryan, you came stalking uh, Pastor O'Neill in the church. Look where you are. He came looking for a wife. <laughs> and he was lost. Look where he is. That is the grace of God. Hallelujah. Pastor Aaron, so I'm using it as an example. But everywhere you look, look at Kirk. He was in Colorado Park chasing after things. But look, look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everywhere you look, you just see the grace of God. So don't deceive yourself that you can be helped. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The grace is the X factor that separates us as Christians. There's no religion in the world that talks about the grace. All the other religions, what they refer to is you need to do some work to get to God. We are so privileged as Christians that we can access this grace freely. We can, sometimes actually the mind cannot comprehend it because we always feel that we need to do something to get it. No, you have to do, there's nothing that you can do that can change God's grace. It's given to you freely. Freely. There's not a single thing that you can do 
to change what God has already done. The key is how do you access it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians uh, 2 verse 8, it says, For by grace we have been saved by faith. Nothing you, nothing, sorry, nothing you did could ever earn this salvation. For it is the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. So when people see you, they see the work of grace in your life. And they see God when they see you. They see God. Hallelujah. 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 Am I helping somebody this morning? Are you being helped? Hallelujah. We know that the way of the world is different. The way the world works is so different from God. You need to be chosen by qualification. You need to be qualified. You need to have a PhD to get a big job. That's the kingdom of the world. That's not the kingdom of God. God chooses the weak to confine the strong. Hallelujah. It's so different. And when you move into this kingdom perspective, things change because you, you can, I can become the president of Uganda. I'm telling you, I can. Hallelujah. Because the Lord is able to do it by his grace. He's able to open those doors. I don't have to be qualified. Hallelujah. Because he has qualified us by Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 11 verse 6 says, And since it is by God's grace, it can't be a matter of their good works. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a gift of grace, but earned by human effort. Hallelujah. It is by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Because of God's grace, there are no spiritual blessings that we do not qualify for. Just think about that. And we, we know that things are first established in the spirit before they are established here on earth. And the Bible says in Ephesians 1 verse 3, it says every spiritual blessing is in the heavenly realms has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father. For the father of our Lord Jesus all because he sees us wrapped up into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every spiritual blessing, not just salvation, your job, your finances, every spiritual blessing, gold, silver, diamond, has been lavished on us because the Lord has created everything. Everything on the earth is his. So there's nothing that we cannot access by his grace. Tell your neighbor there's nothing you cannot access by his grace. Come on, tell them with conviction. Tell them with conviction. If you're sitting next to your husband or wife, tell them with conviction. And then afterwards you can ask them for some money. Hallelujah. Because they have everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So they can't tell you they don't have money because they have the grace of God and they can access it. Hallelujah. Come on, tell them, tell them, tell them that there's nothing that you don't have. The grace, just the definition of grace, grace is God's willingness to deploy his power on our behalf. Number one, to meet our needs, but most importantly, to achieve his purpose. Those are very two critical things. It is to meet our needs. But if it is outside the purpose of God, then the grace of God is not in operation. Hallelujah. You got that definition? This power is made available freely. You don't have to pay for it. It's free. Free of charge. Free is good, all right? Free is good. Who does not want free things? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just imagine somebody came distributing a thousand dollars. Yeah, how people will run. You leave me on this pulpit to go and get it. Hallelujah. 
because free things are good. Second Peter 1 verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of, of Jesus our Lord, according to his divine power, has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that, that has called us to glory and virtue. That grace is the expression of all spiritual provisions that has been made available to us from God through Christ. And it continues in Second uh, Peter 1 verse 3 that everything we could, ha we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For, for all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of the knowledge of him who has called us by the name and invited us to come through the glorious manifestation of his goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift up your hand and ask the grace of the Lord to fill you. Thank you, Jesus. Amazing grace. Let's just sing that song. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Come on, sing it. That saved a wretch like me. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, sing it, sing it. I was, was lost. Thank you, Jesus. But now, thank you, Father. Found was blind. Yes, Lord. Just thank him for a minute. Just pray in the spirit for a minute. I want you to receive the grace of God this morning. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We receive your grace. We receive your grace. We acknowledge the working of your grace, my God. Libra shete brakaduka masi brabaduka shete. Come on, just pray for a minute. Pressing for a minute. I want you to access. Let this grace become a reality in your life in the name of Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. If it was not for your grace, we would not be able to stand, oh Lord. We give you praise, Jesus. We thank you, Father. There are two dimensions of God's grace. One is the saving grace. And if you have not been saved, we'll give you opportunity to receive that. I'm sure more than 90%, if not all of us, have already been saved. Hallelujah. So if you've been saved, you've been saved by grace. That is the saving grace of God. The dilemma we have is that as Christians, we kind of limit it to only that. It's not all. That's just one dimension. It's very important for your soul to be saved. Hallelujah. It's important. But there are other dimensions of the grace. And you can refer to Titus 1 verse 2. It says, God, God's mother's grace has manifested in person, bringing salvation for everyone. The other, the other way of accessing the grace, and there are many is enabling grace. The ones that I've been talking about, the one that took me from the village to become the president. I like this man's faith. To become the president, that is the enabling grace. That's the power that comes with the grace of God. This second one requires you to do something. And I'm going to get to that just in a minute. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. I can do all things. Tell your neighbor, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And all means all. Tell them, all means all. All is not some. All means all. Come on, tell them. 
all things. You can do all things. You can become the president of South Africa. Hallelujah. You can become the CEO of your company. Hallelujah. That is the enabling grace. The grace of God is like energy. That enabling grace is like energy with multiple dimensions and application. And I pray this morning that you will experience, you take that energy. And the, the best example I can give you is that we have, uh, thanks to ESCOM, we have power. You can use power for food. You can use power to charge your phone. You can use power to put on your TV. So the grace, that energy is the same. It's the same energy that can be converted into multiple applications. That is the grace of God. The grace of God is like energy that can take different shapes and forms. It can heal. It can give you that job. It can open your finances. That is the grace of God. The energy. You connect to it and you access everything that you need pertaining to this life. Hallelujah. I pray that you we all begin to experience this grace in every aspect of our lives because God's grace is not limited to just salvation but everything intelligence, like I said, finances I always tell the elders, when I walk into a boardroom I walk there with authority not in my authority but by the grace of God and everything aligns to me every person in that meeting will be saying, Emmanuel, 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 Emmanuel. Not that I have superior wisdom or knowledge, but I have the wisdom of Christ. When I walk there, I walk with confidence. If I had the opportunity to see him, I would go and see him, and I would go in confidence. I would not go timid. I will go with confidence, because I am carrying the grace of God. I'll tell him that this man that you see is able to transform the economy of this nation. Why? Because I have the grace of God upon my life. Hallelujah. That's the kind of vigor that I want you to have. When you walk, don't put your head down. Walk with authority. Because the grace of the Lord has been multiplied to you to do exploits. Hallelujah. To transform cities and nations. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus whether it's your career, whether it's your school. You know, the Bible says you'll be the heads and not the tail. That is the grace of God. You know, sometimes we just confess, and I'll get to that in a minute. We need to leave it. When you say, I can be the head and not the tail, you need to do it with conviction, and you need to believe that. Not just say it and confess it. We need to move away from there. Hallelujah. There are so many who have experienced God's grace. I told you about Pastor Ryan Kirk. We have experienced God's grace. I'm using my elders today as examples. They have experienced God's grace. In the Bible, Moses, Stamara, delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. David slayed Goliath. But before that, he was seeing the grace of God in his life, was slaying bears, and God was preparing him. It was not his strength. David was not um, super strong individual, but he was using the grace of God. And even when he came against Goliath, he says, I come to you in the name of the Lord. He was saying, I come to you in the grace that is in my life to slay you. Hallelujah. What, what time will fail me? What shall I say about Esther? My wife. Robbie, Uncle Robbie. Auntie Noel. What shall I say? They have seen the grace of God. I can, I can testify that they have seen the grace of God. Thank you, Jesus. Just, I want you to close your eyes. Just think about experiences that you've had, how the Lord has lifted you. Just close your eyes for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Think about those things that the Lord, that you can say, if it was not for the Lord, 
I would not have done this myself. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I'm so conscious, despite being aware of what God can do, that so many Christians are so frustrated. Because you read about this power in the truth, what God can do. You, you know that you can be healed. You know that you can be transformed. You know that the Lord has, has created you to be fruitful. But sometimes when it takes so long, we kind of get frustrated. I'm speaking to somebody here. You get so frustrated that you want to look for alternatives. Have you ever imagined why a Christian would go to a Sangoma? It's because of the frustration. They have failed to access this grace. So they are looking for alternatives. If you've not had a child for 15 years and you're believing God, you will take any alternative that comes to you because of the frustration, the pain that you experience. But I want to tell you that there is power in the grace of God. The only difference is how to access it. And I'm going to get into that just now. And I pray that you forget about those alternatives. There's nothing that has everything like the grace of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that every desperation will be subdued by the grace. Your grace will come ahead of every pain. Every frustration will be subdued. As they hear the truth this morning, I pray, my God, my Father, that you reveal yourself in a new way in our lives. Amen. We need to understand that the assignment of God's grace is to create the consciousness and awareness of God's unlimited provision. That's the assignment. The grace comes to show you that God has provided everything pertaining to life and godliness. And that is in the truth. Hallelujah. That's the assignment of grace. To bring awareness and consciousness of this unlimited power and provision. But there is need to move beyond just the consciousness. To truly experience this divine power. And I want to introduce a new parameter in this uh, equation. As I, as, I, as I get to my next thing. You know, we already have a very complex equation. Those of you who did mathematics would know that grace itself is so big and so huge. Just talking about grace, right? Do you agree? It's so huge and complex. But I want to introduce something else. And that is faith. For those of you who did mathematics, they will say so for X. So the X in this case is faith. Hallelujah. We are going to solve for X. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor we are solving for X. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The, ass the assignment of faith, we say the assignment of grace is to bring consciousness and awareness. The assignment of faith, which is our X, is to transport that consciousness and awareness in what God can do and the power that God has, unlimited provision, to unveil to us from that heavenly realm to bring it to reality. That's what faith does. Hallelujah. And Hebrews 10 verse 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Tell your neighbor, the just shall live by faith. What is faith then? Faith is having absolute confidence in God. And the integrity of his word. That is faith. Believing that I am healed. Absolutely believing that I am healed. Absolutely believing I can be the president of Uganda. Once I believe that, I then take action. Because the Bible says faith without action is dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith is the name given to the action that we take based on our conviction of 
who God is and the integrity of his word. So faith is that action that you take. And there are many examples in the Bible. When you remember the, the guy that was lowered from the roof, Jesus did not pray for him. Jesus said, pick up your mat and walk. The lepers, Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they did, they were healed. That is faith in action. Hallelujah. So faith is the name given to that action that you take. Faith is not a dormant thing that you sit and just believe. You have to take action. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you getting something this morning? Faith is the response to grace. Faith only responds to what God has already done. You can't believe for what God has not said in his truth. So faith only responds to grace. Come on, tell your neighbor, faith only responds to grace. And just touching on two things, faith is pre-fined or based on two realities or attributes. God's integrity. And then the second one is God's ability. Those two things are very important for your faith to work. You need to have absolute confidence of God's integrity. God is not a man that you should lie. In Numbers uh, 23 verse 19. He's not a man. He's not a son of man that you should lie. If you believe that, then every truth that God has spoken to you, you believe that God is not a man that you should lie. So the fact that you said by his stripes you're healed, you are healed. It doesn't matter. You, you know, some we've kind of, um, as preachers, we've kind of drawn it to, you have to be this way, you have to be that way. Maybe it's your sin. There's nothing like that. By his stripes, that's the truth of God's word. You are healed. Hallelujah. By his stripes, you're healed. That's it. That settles it. God is not a man that he should lie. Therefore, by his stripes, I am healed. And I can walk in that victory. Hallelujah. I am delivered. I am saved. I don't have to be questioning my mind. I'm the head and not the tail. That is the truth of God's word. So believing in the integrity, that God's integrity is intact. That's number one. Number two, I said, is his ability. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. You will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dreams, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. For his mercy, his, his miraculous power constantly energizes. You remember I told you grace is energy. Hallelujah. So God is able to do more than you can think. He's able Tell your neighbor he's able. He's able to solve your family challenges, your relationship challenges. God is able to heal. God is able to provide for you. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says, I've never seen the righteous begging for bread. That's the truth. So live in that truth saying that I have never seen the righteous. And you are the righteousness of Christ. Not your righteousness, but you are the righteousness of Christ. Therefore, you cannot beg for bread. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? We all know that God's love is unconditional. That's for sure. His love comes freely. But God's promises normally have some conditions. I hope I'm not break, uh, busting your bubble. This is how God's kingdom works. It comes with some conditions. All right. So James uh, 2 verse 17, uh, to, sorry, verse, verse 2, sorry, chapter 2 verse 17 uh, to 18 says, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is deeds, sorry, it is, it is dead and useless. Now someone may argue, some people have faith, Others have good deeds. But I say, how can, I, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I'll show you my faith by my good deeds. 
So faith without works is, is dead. If you're just going to believe God's absolute power and God's ability, and then you don't do anything, I'm sorry, you will not be able to go far. Tell your neighbor you won't go far. Hallelujah. We can make grace work for us by the action of faith. When faith is at work, it makes grace beautiful. I tell you, when faith is at work, it makes grace beautiful. The things that I've told you about my life, I have applied faith in action. I remember when I was still at varsity and as, as um, a government student or sponsored student, they used to give us allowances and these allowances would take long. So this, for us, we couldn't get it until towards the end of actually our study. So when that allowance came, I took that whole allowance. It was the first time I was getting that big money. I, I didn't tell you guys, but the first time I got pocket money was when I went to varsity. That's how poor we were. I'd never held money in my hands. Not even one rand. The first time I really had money that I had to use for myself was when I went to varsity. So then this lump sum comes after three years of studying as a reward of living allowance. I took that whole money. I said, this is going to be my seed for my job. And I gave it to a fellowship within the university. Are you surprised that I was called for a manager, managerial job before I finished university? That was my faith in action. I took it, I said, I'll deprive myself of my needs. And we are needy. We had siblings. I think I was the third person to finish school. We had siblings that we needed to look after. But I took that seed. I said, this is for my job. And the rest is history. Hallelujah. That is faith in action. I wanted to give you this, not to boast, but to give you examples how, how you can apply your faith in action. Don't just believe. Do something. Hallelujah. You have to do something. Because there are no limits when grace meets faith in action. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith brings our hope into reality. Because the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Hallelujah. We talk about uh, Hebrews 11 a lot. Grace gives us access, but faith gives us possession. Grace, because you have unlimited access. Imagine, maybe let me use a good example, unlimited internet access. You'll go to YouTube, you'll do everything because it's unlimited. But if you have one gig, you will know what to go, what what to watch, and what not. To. But if you have unlimited access, that is grace. You can access anything. So grace gives you access. Come on, tell your neighbor. Grace gives you access. But faith gives you possession, which results in obviously in your real, real experience and the manifestation. The way we do life is the way we do faith. If you think that you're going to live your life differently and then maybe when you come to church you apply your faith. You're mistaken. Everything that you do you must apply faith. Let, let me give you an example. When, when I'm driving from here to uh, Rosebank and I'm late, I apply my faith. I tell the Lord open the door for me. And sorry there might be an accident somewhere else to block the way for me. The Lord will block the traffic from I can tell you for sure. I can trust the Lord that yes, I normally use maybe one and a half hours to get there, but I have this important meeting. Lord, open the way for me. Show me where to pass. And surely, somehow, the door, the way will open for me. Hallelujah. 
Because I believe it. I believe that the Lord is able to do it. All things, every man. The Bible says the hearts of the king are in God's hands. So there might be some crazy driver who blocks the others for me to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is faith. Faith is not just maybe healing. It's everything. I need money, Lord. I need finances. Anti-Orient. The testimonies that she's had. People have walked in her doorsteps to bring food. That is grace. Hallelujah. And those things do not happen by her just sitting. She takes actions. Hallelujah. And as she takes actions, they manifest. Hallelujah. Our faith action determines the outcome. So there's an investment in diligence that is required. You need to spend time in prayer. Don't just wake up and you say, Oh, Lord, clear the traffic. I would have prayed intensively for the Lord to be able to do that. I would have invested in the truth, knowing God's word. It has to be aligned. Remember the definition that I gave you? It is for our needs and God's what? God's purposes. So if this thing that I'm going to do is to fulfill God's purpose, I need to feed people in Diakonia. That is God's purpose. God will unveil. I mean, Kak has shared how people have just called him and said, have this money for Diakonia. Because it's God's purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Living by grace is understanding that God has already done it. All we need to do is to possess it by faith. Hallelujah. Having that knowledge and understanding. So how can we recalibrate ourselves? And I'm, bring, I'm bringing this to a close now. To this grace that we've talked about and the faith, the question is how do we align ourselves so that we don't miss it? Hallelujah. If you look at that vision that we have, it's massive. That cannot happen without God's grace. And us taking faith to touch cities and nations, taking actions. Recently, as the leadership with, uh, and the church, we decided to help our brothers in Pakistan. God has transformed lives. But we could have sat and just said, we are not going to do anything, Lord, until we see some lightning. We did not have to see lightning. It was just illumination, and we took action by faith. And see the response. 30, 40,000 runs from you sitting here. The need was very small. They actually asked just for 500, I think $500. But the response was massive. Because we took action. We said, God, we want to do this. And remember when the announcement was made, they said, you can give if you're not. The church was going to give the $500 anyway. But see what you did. God honored that faith. And that small seed multiplied into the thousands of runs that we saw. Hallelujah. So number one is we need to frame our vision in the, in the limitless of God's grace. So if our vision there we framed it or positioned it as this we're going to do not because we have the ability and the resources, but because God's grace is sufficient. Then everything else is history. So number one is you need to frame your vision. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Like that one, your personal vision. I want you to start to think about them. And when you think about that vision, do not think about it by your ability, but think about it by what God can do and what God has said he can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Am I re are you recalibrating? I want you to reconnect with this thing so that you can really truly experience it. Hallelujah. What you want to do is what can God do through me? 
not just yourself. So number one is just we need to bake our vision into, I mean, we need to bake grace into the vision that we have, like that one. The Lord has been telling us he's going to do pioneering work in this place. We can only do that by God's grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First uh, Corinthians 2 verse 9 at 11 says, Things never discovered or heard of before. Things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his innermost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit, who constantly explores all things. Come on, tell your neighbor, constantly explores all things. Hallelujah. Number two is we ma- grace must be backed in our strategy. So yes, that's the vision. We know God's provision is unlimited. But as we strategize, we need to beg grace. Any planning that we do, like the one that I was talking about of reaching out to Pakistan, our strategy needs to be, need to incorporate the grace of God. When we formulate what we want to do, hallelujah, we need to beg the grace of God in it. Things in the spirit are not sequential. God can just lift me to be the president. So if I think that, okay, to be the president, I need to do this, I need to do this. Things in the spirit are different. To be a manager in our organization, I need to do this, I need to do this. I need... That's not how God's kingdom works. God can just lift you up. Tomorrow you hear news that Emmanuel is the group CEO of Standard Bank. That is our God. Hallelujah. So in formulating our strategy, we need to back the grace of God in that uh, strategy. Uh, Isaiah 11 talks about this, the different spirits, the spirit realms. Isaiah 11 verse 2. It talks about the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding. When we are formulating, we must have that capacity that the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding is upon us. Because the word of God says so. The spirit of counsel is upon us. The spirit of might is upon us. That is how you begin to bake grace into your strategy formulation. 2 Corinthians uh, 2 verse 10, 3, 3 to 4, it says, For though we live in the natural realm, we do not wage military campaigns employing human weapons, using manipulations to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. So when we are formulating our strategy and thinking about our strategy, we go beyond just our ability. We know that our spiritual, there will be forces that will attack you. There will be forces that will resist you. But as you formulate this strategy to go to Pakistan, you have to think twice. Because there's persecution there. But they, our, our weapons are not carnal, but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. So if our strategy is formulated in that, we'll be able to experience God's grace in it. Hallelujah. And then lastly, our strategy, grace must be baked in our strategy implementation. When we recognize that there's unlimited resources, so God is not limited to just our bank account. God is not limited to your bank account. So as you implement, think about the grace of God, the unlimited resources that sit within the confine of the grace of God. Hallelujah. Remember his marvelous works that he has done, his wonders, and the judgment of his mouth. Remember that. As you execute, we know that Mark eleven twenty three says, Listen to the truth I speak to you. Whoever says to this mountain with great faith and does not doubt and says, Mountain, be lifted up and, throw, and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that he has 
what he says will happen. It will be done. Hallelujah. Just one last thing before we close. Sometimes we actually think that, you know, sometimes when you want to access this grace, we make excuses that maybe his faith was small. That's why they could not get it. That's rubbish. I'm sorry to say. I'm sorry to use a tough word. Pastor, you forgive me. It's nonsense. Why? Because the Bible says, if your faith is as small as a mustard seed, surely, mustard seed. So if you have even a dot of faith, you can say to a mountain, move and be thrown into the sea and it will move. Just ask yourself, do you think that the challenges that you have are bigger than moving a mountain and throwing it into the sea? Just begin to think about it. Remember, they said, faith as small as a mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, move and be thrown into the sea and it will be done. How much more? And I'm not being disrespectful. Your small problem. Is there anybody with a problem as big as a mountain? Sometimes it feels that way. But small compared, imagine moving a mountain, lifting a mountain and throwing it. Have you seen it in your life? But some of our problems, the things that we experience, people have been able to actually come out of them. Depression, health issues. They have. But have you seen the mountain being moved and thrown into the sea? So it doesn't matter the level of faith that you have. All you need to have is faith. You say to that problem that you have, be moved, and it will move. Hallelujah.